It's a complex world out there. It seems to take forever. There is disappointment, which is natural. Resilience is about hope. Most of our ideas come from just listening. Ask a courageous question. It feels good to be able to do something positive for people. You are a force multiplier. Welcome to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood. I'm Gene Natali, co-founder and CEO of Troutwood. Today's episode is good debt versus bad debt. This is a follow-up to last week where we talked about interest rates and how they impact us as individuals. This is a story we'll be following throughout the year. Uh, full disclosure, I have our team at Troutwood active behind the scenes today. This is a topic that just generates so much conversation um, in terms of the stamping, date stamping this. I just wrapped up a conference actually 15 minutes before filming this episode with student loan officers from around the US. Uh, I, I've observed here in Pittsburgh on the University of Pittsburgh's campus that student loans are a, just speaking the obvious here, giant question mark for students. And it became very clear in the, the conference today that that is true across the US. So no surprises. Um, Maggie and Arouge are, are already throwing a ton of questions in the chat that we're going to dive into. Not all debt is created equal. We're going to talk about good debt versus bad debt. Um, but we're, I'm going to first throw a, a surprise shout out to Gannon Holler and a fourth grade math teacher at McKnight Elementary. Uh, Math is such a natural transgression to teach some of these basic finance conversations. And uh, I appreciate Mr. Holleran's kind of following the podcast and some of the questions that he pushes to us. So I'm going to push a challenge to, to educators like Mr. Holleran. Independent of the grade level you teach, there is a place for this conversation. I was looking at the statistics before uh, our podcast episode today. And the numbers remain daunting. In Pennsylvania, where, where I live, only 15% of our high school seniors will graduate with a personal financial plan. But 100% will make choices about money. So we've got to start infiltrating grade level after grade level after grade level with this kind of conversation, uh, making the young people in our respective lives comfortable with this conversation. Um, so what is debt? Debt is a legal obligation. And if you're listening to this in a high school classroom, that's kind of a power statement. You know, we look at college as a necessary path, many of us, and I'm not going to take an opinion on that today. We've talked about career versus college in past episodes. But if, if college is your path, it is imperative you understand that the student loans you sign are a legal obligation and that you understand the repayment path. Uh, so kind of pushing from what is debt, how do you navigate the kind of good debt versus bad debt decision? I'm going to look at the big four. We discussed this last week. Uh, and let me just recap. 96% of personal debt in America comes from four money choices, our homes, college, our cars, and our credit cards. If we get those four money choices right, I think we're, we're putting ourselves in pretty strong footing. Of those four, I'm going to quantify two as good debt, two, uh, one as medium debt, and one as bad debt. Actually, really bad debt. The two that are good debt are mortgages and student loans. There's an ROI, return on investment for both of those interest types, uh, paired with 
a taxable deduction on the interest payments for both. So the, the student loan interest rate or the mortgage interest rate, most of us will get a little bit of that back come tax time. So that's worth understanding. Um, with a, a home, you also get a pretty big asset if you manage it correctly. In college, you get the, the education. Those are my two good debts. The reason I'm going to, and auto loans is the one I'm going to quantify as like a medium debt. And the reason for that is the minute you drive that car off the lot, what happens? It depreciates in value. So unlike homes, which historically have appreciated in value, cars do kind of the opposite. So sure, it's a, a way to get from point A to point B. There's a fun factor, certainly, in owning a vehicle. It's not the best kind of debt. The fourth, and the one that I, I started by saying is bad debt, then I changed my definition to really bad debt, is the credit cards. And when we say debt in the connotation of credit cards, we're talking about those of us who are unable to pay back that credit card bill each month. So we're accruing that very high, very painful interest rate. Uh, the highest that I've, I've personally seen and worked with an individual on is 32%. I think the national average right now is 19% on outstanding credit card debt. Um, so a question in the chat, how do I manage debt as interest rates rise? This is that important conversation of fixed interest rates versus what are called variable interest rates. If interest rates rise, and I'll, I'll look at both the, the home loans and the student loans, if interest rates rise on either of these two types of debt, and you have in mortgage terms what's called an ARM or an adjustable rate mortgage, yes, your, your interest rate will rise. And this actually, the, these arms, these adjustable rate mortgages, teachers, that's a pretty good homework assignment. We're not going to dive deep into that part of the conversation now, but I would encourage you to study the impact that arms had on the 2007 financial crisis. And then student loans. It's if you have what's called a variable loan, and this is common in private loans. Yes, if interest rates rise, you can expect the interest rate on your variable private loans to increase. That's, that's a great question in the chat. Students, hear me. Most of the college students that I hear from or sit down with have looked at their student loans for the first time immediately before sitting down with me. You've got to understand this obligation. You've got to understand if you have fixed versus variable. You've got to understand um, the, the payment path to at least make the most informed decisions that you can. Uh, so... I'm putting my mind now, or excuse me, I'm, I'm kind of putting myself in the shoes of, oh, wow, I have variable debt and I just heard this for the first time. What can I do? Explore consolidation. That, that's at least one path uh, to consider. Call your student loan provider, ask what the options are, and then personally weigh the pros and cons of doing so. That's particularly valuable if you have maybe a, a series of student loans, some with very high interest rates, others uh, without. <sighs> There, there's a question I'm, I'm taking a, a pause on right now. How do I know if the amount of debt I am taking is too much? So this differs obviously by individual. It differs if you're out of school, it differs by the salary you have. If you are in school, it differs by the careers you're considering and the salary potential that you're considering. 
there's a lot of rules of thumb in terms of how much debt to have versus your potential income. And while I think those algorithms and those calculators are very helpful, they don't consider the psychological impact of debt, the burden that it is, the, the toll that it is mentally. So that answer is different for all of us. What I'm going to strongly encourage is as opposed to saying, have I borrowed enough or have I borrowed too much? Build a working debt ranking and repayment plan. And what I mean by that is list the debt. If you have a home loan, if you have an auto loan, list it, list the interest rate, list the monthly payment. And trust that kind of heartbeat as you look at those numbers. Just in the past week, I have met with students who had 15,000 in student loans to as high as, you know, mid six, like 100 and plus 100,000. Those are big numbers. An observation for the travel community is those students, the, the dollar amount didn't really impact or influence the emotion. It was all big. It was all scary. And I think it's really important that we take that into consideration. So should we be budgeting for a potential increase in interest rates? That is a million dollar question. Uh, the Wall Street Journal each year polls the world's brightest and most brilliant economists. And this is one of the questions they're asked is to forecast what these best and brightest economists think interest rates are going to do in the next year. Very few ever get it right. It is very difficult to forecast interest rates. If you have fixed interest rates, fixed debt on what we've talked about here, your homes, your cars, your college, you don't have to think about it as much. If you are considering a purchase or have those variable rates or in the home terms, the adjustable rate mortgage, then absolutely you need to be modeling for the potential of those interest rates to increase in your budget? That's a great question. Um, and, and modeling helps you understand not what will happen, what might happen and be prepared in advance of, of that happening. That's a great question. Uh, and I'm getting, I'm getting pushed back one of my earlier, uh, Gene, what is consolidation? Can you explain that a little bit more? Great question. So my wife and I consolidated our debt years ago and, and, we had nine, there were nine student loans consolidated into one student loan and just in our language reduced the total interest by about half a percentage point. Interest rates are much higher back then. So I don't know if, if students can expect that same kind of benefit, but call your student loan provider and at least ask the question. Another great resource in addition to your student loan provider, get into your high school guidance counselor office or college students, spend time in the financial aid office. These are great folks who want to help. Uh, they're informed. They can help you with these modeling type questions, uh, which are important because to my point of saying model what might happen, you might be surprised at what you see. It might raise questions. So when you model the potential of how interest rates can affect your future finance decisions on college, cars, homes, write down the questions that pop in your head. The final question here in the chat, and it's a good one, is it worth paying more than your minimum required payments to pay off a loan? What a great question to end on. I'm going to repeat it. Is it worth paying more than your minimum required payments to pay off a loan? The answer is it depends.
paying off your loans if it comes at the opportunity cost of things like a Roth IRA or a 401k have a very high opportunity cost. So the answer to that question is one that I'm going to push to a future episode because it's worth diving in. It's dependent on our income levels. It's dependent on our future income needs, and it's dependent on um, what the interest rates are. And not to mention as well, one of the most, you know, the federal student loans and the student loan forgiveness, there's no need to rush that. You know, take times to, to understand what type of debt you have and the repayment options that you have. Debt is a topic we're going to spend a lot of time on. I, I want to encourage the travel community to send in questions. Um, let us know. Educators, what a great arena to have some fun examples and softly introduce the concept of, you know, let's take Mr. Holler in a math class. Students, what's the difference between 2% and a 4% interest rate? What's the difference over five, 10 years? And I don't think there's a grade level where we can't begin to introduce the very basic concepts of personal finance. Thank you for tuning in to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood.